I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know what? You could sense from that. This is an emergency podcast. That's what That's this right. is. This That's is an right. absolute emergency. It is such an emergency that uh, we have with us uh, Brandon McCarthy. Brandon, welcome. Hi, gentlemen. Oh, hello. Thank you for joining us in this in this time of trouble and strife. <laughs> in this time of <laughs> in this time of crisis is what I would say. Yes. Uh so we so this is an emergency and you might have guessed why this is an emergency, but uh you would have guessed wrong because you would have guessed that we are doing this emergency podcast for two reasons. One, uh because uh, Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland baseball team has changed its name, which obviously is an emergency and, right. and one we need to refer to. And secondly, uh, the second emergency is that many, many people have written in uh, based on our last podcast on who is actually officially the worst person in Major League Baseball to hug. So uh, while both of those are emergencies that we need to get to, that's actually not why we're doing this. Those are the, We'll get to those, but Mike, you have to explain what the real emergency here is. Yeah, to be clear, those are emergencies. Oh, yes. and we will oh, yes. we will address them. But there's a bigger emergency because the three of us have been texting out for maybe a year about a proposed <laughs> plan that I invented and that Brandon has amended. Yes. Uh, and the the topic is the correct attribution of earned runs to pitchers. That's right. So just in, in case no one knows about this, if a starting pitcher, let's say, allows any base runner through any means other than an error, is relieved from the game, and the reliever allows that run to score, the earned run is charged to the starter or to whichever pitcher allowed that base runner on board. So right. Brandon is pitching. He gives up an infield single uh, in the eighth inning. It breaks up his no-hitter. He was he was cruising on this day. Cruising. He's cruising, walk, cruising through one walk on a really borderline pitch. One walk, eleven strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing a no hitter. He gives up an infield single. The guy reaches first. He's relieved. The crowd gives him a standing ovation. Oh, uh, what amazing. a performance from Brandon yes. McCarthy today. Uh, he is relieved, and Sean Doolittle comes in, and Sean Doolittle promptly gives up a 490-foot home run. <laughs> the run that Brandon allowed to first is charged as an earned run to Brandon's ERA. That's okay, right. so that's the current rule. So maybe a year ago or more, I don't even remember, I texted the two of you and I said, this system stinks, like a lot of statistical systems in baseball. Totally stinks. And here's what we should do. The earned run should be attributed in fourths to the person who allowed the runner who scored to each base. So Brandon, in this case, would be charged with one-fourth of an earned run. And Sean Doolittle would be charged with three-fourths of an earned run because Brandon allowed the guy to get to first, and then Sean allowed the guy to come all the way around to score on the mammoth home run that he gave up, ruining Brandon's great night. And that was the, that was the beginning of the situation. Correct. Now, Joe thinks I'm insane. Yes. He thinks the system stinks. Yes. And and we it's probably the biggest fight we've ever had. <laughs> it's probably the most angry we've ever gotten. In fact, I we got so angry about it recently that I incorrectly thought 
in my memory, I incorrectly remembered Brandon as being on Joe's side and started yelling at him. And then he had to go back and screenshot the texts where I originally sent this plan out to show that, in fact, he agreed with me. My anger got the best of me and it blinded me. I was blinded with rage. So I, as a starting point for this emergency discussion, uh, m the starting point is I think their earned runs should be attributed per base, one fourth of an earned run per base that you allowed the guy to get to. So now why don't we let Joe weigh in and tell me why he thinks that's a bad system. And then Brandon will weigh in on, in his view. So go yeah. ahead, Joe, you defend your crazy messed up system. <laughs> I, I defend the status quo is what you're saying. Um, yes. Okay. So uh, as, as these things tend to go, when you give your example of that unbelievable game that Brandon McCarthy pitched, where he, one of his, one of his greatest games it was of his career, really amazing, just amazing. And, and by the way, uh, there were some questions, honestly, about whether or not uh, that infield single was not an error. I, I'm just saying it was, it was, you know, it was a tough play. Yeah. Uh, at, at it's third. a slow roller to the left slow side. Roller and the third yeah. baseman barehanded it, you know, but I don't know. It was a look, it's a play he makes nine out of 10 times. That's what I'm that's saying. That's right. That's you right. Know? And then freaking Doolittle comes in and just ruins the whole oh, thing. As, as he does. That's what the guy does. The guy just ruins things. He's a ruiner <laughs> of dreams. So I get all of that. Uh, unfortunately, that is not the only scenario. In fact, that is that is the rare scenario uh, of what actually happens. And my big disagreement with this is that, uh, first of all, runs, uh, it, a, a single is not a quarter of a run. Okay, getting on base is is worth much more than just a quarter of a run. You, it, it's it's it splitting him up and the difference between being guy being on first and second is not a quarter of a run and the difference between a guy being on second and third is not a quarter of a run so all of those things the the numbers that you have chosen for this are completely and utterly uh ridiculous the second thing is that it is as brandon i will hope will say uh it's different pitching with runners on base so the guy comes into the game not his runner not the person he has no responsibility for that guy who is on first or second or third. And now you want to give him runs. Uh, he comes into the game. All right. I mean, there are lots of scenarios you can go through, but you go through a scenario. Uh, he gives, uh, uh, you know, there's a guy in first and, and uh, ground ball moves him to second. And then, uh, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, whatever he steals third. And then uh, he gives up a short fly ball and the guy scores on it. Uh, now that guy gets three quarters of a run for what? For nothing. Literally, he did nothing. And and so there are many, many, many scenarios where the thing is, seems uh, utterly ridiculous. I am. I have now conceded. I, at the time, I was. Uh, I will admit as well, being so blinded by rage uh, at this idea that I was giving no merit to it whatsoever. And uh, I have over time come to appreciate that perhaps there is middle ground there are possibilities and ideas where we can split this up but uh but this particular way to split things up horrendous just horrendous okay so what, 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 what is it what does it mean he didn't do anything wrong he allowed the runner his full, whole function on the <laughs> roster is to come in and stop that exact thing from happening so he should be punished for this he should be punished I, okay why if you come in as a pinch hitter with bases loaded and two outs and you strike out and you're like 
well, he wasn't quite ready, and those weren't his runners on base. <laughs> so we'll give the strikeout to the guy who he pinched at four, and he can just go away, and he'll be fine, even though he failed massively at his task. See, see I don't this, get it. this is a starting pitcher who left, unfortunately, a few runners on base uh, as he was abandoned, and has never forgiven these relief pitchers for giving up those runs. That's really what so we're So I also I spent a little time in the bullpen, and one of the worst things in sports is this awkward thing of, you give up a starting pitcher's run, whether you're on that side and now you're mad at the reliever and he knows you're <laughs> mad at him. So he's kind of bashful around you and he's like, sorry, dude. And he pats you out. Like, it'd be better if you could just look up at him and just go, yeah, you're really sorry? We'll take a quarter of an earned run then. And then it's all fair. <laughs> then nobody has to be awkward at all. You just look at each other and be like, yeah, we were all fairly credited for our fuck-ups. And yeah. we'll just move on. Yes. It, it this takes is- that dynamic away. Okay, this is a great this is a great analogy. New to this discussion is the <laughs> pinch hitter analogy right like yeah. if a guy pinch hits and strikes out with the t- with the winning run on third imagine if that strikeout were credited to the guy he pinch hit for that's a great analogy i love why, this this is why, wonderful that is that is a horrendous analogy no it's it not nothing because whatsoever to do it it totally does it because most it certainly look, does not that's like saying this that- is the whole look we can we can look we can debate how much of these runs because yeah. your point is well taken okay it's not exactly a quarter of a run uh, per base. I get it. But it's also not a full run for getting to first. So right. The current system yeah. attributes credit or blame only to one person. Right. There's no chance that the credit or blame is, is split between the what? two people who did things that allowed the run to score. So you can slice it and dice it any way you want. You can look at winning win percentage. You can uh, yes. uh, WPA. You WPA. can look at, yep. you can look at run, uh, run experience expectancy matrices matrices and say like okay the percent chance of a guy on first base with one out scoring is x and so we're going to attribute x to the starter i'm going to attribute y to the reliever you can do whatever you want but the point is that the current system is binary it only attributes one or zero runs to to the guy who allowed the guy on base it doesn't account for this entirely other thing being handled by an entirely different person from the roster and splitting the blame seems reasonable given the fact that two different guys allowed that run to score one guy allowed the run to reach base and one guy allowed him to come around from whatever base he was on to actually score the run how is it not more logical to split the run somehow however you want but to split it between the two guys who are responsible for allowing the run to score. How is that worse? Okay. Well, I didn't say it was, it was worse. Exactly. What, what I'm saying is that we do have win probability added. We do have WPA, which does exactly what you're saying. I'm saying that the limitations of ERA are the limitations of ERA. It is, it is not a particularly great system. Earned runs, the concept of earned runs are ridiculous uh, when you think about them, because it's, it's, where, where are the unearned runs going? That doesn't, it doesn't even add up. Like none of that makes sense. And we could go through all the craziness of earned runs where even the pitcher makes an error and then every run he gives up after that is unearned somehow, which is, which is ridiculous in and of itself. So, I mean, there's lots of problems with ERA. Right. That, that's why we're trying to fix it. But that's I don't believe point. ER. Well, I don't necessarily believe ERA can be fixed. I think it would be much better to use a different statistic, but I will also add that I'm not disagreeing with you in that, that relief pitchers get complete passes on ERA when it comes to this kind of thing. I'm just saying that's a limitation of ERA. And I'm also saying that 
no comparison whatsoever to the pinch hitter thing. Like that, let's throw that out because that D- the pinch disagree. hitter thing strongly disagree. The pinch hitter thing doesn't <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. That's like what you're saying is that if if uh if like they you know they basically there were runners on base, pinch hitter comes in and he gets. Uh, a, a single that the guy and scores two runs that like the guy he pinch hit for should get a percentage of that. No, pinch. no, yes. I'm not. Because no, it's he was worse. the one that was supposed to come up with the, with the runners on base. No, it's worse. The current system is worse <laughs> because the current system analogy would be if the guy strikes out, you credit the strikeout no, to no, the other guy, but if he gets a hit, he gets the hit. That's the whole problem. Why would you? I, if, the, I, if the reliever comes, look, I, if the reliever comes in ho- more, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. If the in the current system, right. if the reliever comes in and he with a guy on a second and no outs and he gets three outs without the run scoring, good job, reliever. You are credited with an inning and zero runs. Right. And your ERA goes down. If the guy comes in, gives up a single, and the runner scores and then gets three outs. He is still credited with a full inning pitched and no runs allowed. Yeah, That's those all two he things. gave up was one single. He should not have a run taken away from him because he gave up a single. It's uh, that's quite crazy. literally they- his job. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're, how are you comparing relief pitcher ERA to, to starting pitcher ERA when a starting pitcher never, ever has to deal with anybody else's runs? Well, that's because the starting pitcher is better than the relief pitcher, which is what makes him a starting pitcher. <laughs> so that's you what ERA me, is supposed to be. ERA is supposed to represent. You can't that the tell me better. You can't tell me that it that the uh, that the a uh, system is good if the system allows you to do two things: one, allow three runners to score on three consecutive singles <laughs> and then get three outs, or just get three straight outs. That's the same the same ERA rise or fall for the relief pitcher. That's bananas. If so, and you're right. Yes, the current system stinks. That's why we're trying to fix it. We're trying to have the system take into account how effective the guy was at doing his job, as Brandon is pointing out, at getting outs without allowing runs to score. And so if you, you say the system's ERA system stinks, yes, it does. And we're trying to make it better. That's the whole point. <laughs> it's not. I love that we've agreed on this now. Even Joe agreed that we should probably do it on some basis of like win probability added. So we've gotten yeah. there. And now it's just a fight over the analogy that we'll use to explain it to other people who don't see it. Like we're, we're now fighting with, like this has gotten so meta that we've, we've lost sight of everything. This is look, look at it this way, Joe. Yeah. Joe, look at it this way. Okay. What is the worst and dumbest by far statistic that we use to judge quarterbacks? I would say it's quarterback wins, right? right. right. If, when you say like, Oh, he's got, quarter he's won this many games like that's the dumbest possible uh way to evaluate the worth the quality of a quarterback because then you get into all these ridiculous situations where ben roethlisberger quote won that seattle seahawks super bowl end quote when he was like nine of 21 with no touchdowns and two picks that's right and everybody knows that the actual people who won that game were his defense and the referees who, who, <laughs> who called like three of the worst calls in the history of the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. So the, the whole, the, the point that I'm making is that the game is a team game, that there are other people on the football team who very, very meaningfully contributed to the concept of the victory. And so by saying, oh, this quarterback 
we can judge a quarterback by how many wins that quarterback has. That's there's no reason on earth. We shouldn't do the same for a defense or an entire team or whatever. And the quarterback instead gets credit in some circles for wins. That's ridiculous. It's a team sport. Baseball is a team sport. And the situation we're talking about very specifically is a pitching group effort. It's more than one person who is contributing to the run scoring. So why don't we attribute the run to more than one person? But what, but wouldn't you say that one of the most prominent, not as much lately, but one of the, if not the most prominent pitching statistics is the pitcher win where pitchers are in the hall of fame because they won. Yeah. That's quote, unquote, stupid. 300. All, of course it's stupid, but that's my point. We, we stopped, that's we stopped talking about wins. I think we should stop talking about ERA. I just think there are much better statistics for us to go with. Well, of course there are, but you can't, but right now the situation like this, this, situation needs to be addressed now if we could like move if we could all get galaxy brained and move beyond the concept of of era entirely of course that would be great like and and many people already do many people look at whip or they look at uh or wpa yeah or wpa whatever you want but we're not going to stop counting earned runs that's never going to happen we're always going to count earned runs and so the best we can do is to fix the way that we count them and not have them be binary up, down, yes, no, left, right, BA select start uh, for, <laughs> for, uh, for one guy when more than one guy contributed. Now let, let me ask Brandon this. So the, you said the worst thing in the world is when you're either a starter and a reliever lets the run in or a reliever who allows the run to score. Right? So you're talking about clubhouse chemistry Basically, you're talking about team cohesion would be improved if those runs weren't. And if it were like, hey, I'm sorry, uh, I, I let in three tenths of a run there. Uh, uh, and I'm sorry, you got charged with seven tenths of a run. But at least you're sharing the burden, right? Like, wouldn't that improve? Wouldn't that make everything better inside the clubhouse? Yes, I think it would make it's an instant like plus two boost to clubhouse morale. So I think isn't, I- right. Yeah. Well, so, look, I, so I, I, isn't that I, isn't that alone worth worth trying okay. this as an experiment? Yeah. Look, I will say that the most compelling argument that I have seen uh, and heard along these lines is Brandon's argument that he wants to be able to look Clayton Kershaw in the eye after giving up his run. Like I like I get that. Like that that actually makes some sense to me. Uh, you, you know, I don't think Brandon in that moment could say, dude, look, it hurt my WPA. And, and so don't worry about <laughs> it. I, I, I do. I do appreciate that at that point, but then that's like, like, I don't know, but isn't that across baseball already? Like when a, when a fielder like screws up and doesn't get the error and, and doesn't that fielder have to look at Clayton Kirchner on the eye and, and basically like, sorry, man, I, I, I totally caught, I mean, remember that Wade Boggs, Roger Clemens fight. Remember that classic where, no. where well, it was like Clemens uh, gave up a, 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 it was, he gave up two runs that were considered earned because of a ball that went through Wade Boggs. And then Boggs like went to the official scorer and had it changed to an error. No, he, he was charged with an error. That's what it was. So they were unearned runs and Boggs uh, somehow uh, went over there and was like, man, I didn't commit an error, man. That was not an error. So they changed it to a hit to give Clemens two extra un- uh, earned runs on his record. And he was going for the ERA title at the time. And 
that was pretty much the end of 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 Wade Boggs in Boston. I mean, those two guys like had like a serious, significant fight over that. By the way, Brandon, how would you have responded if like you had unearned runs and then a fielder complained about the error and and uh, and got it changed? It, that'd be a level. I mean, I'm I retroactively support it wholeheartedly <laughs> if it was going against Roger Clemens. Right. But were were it going against me, I would be. I, I, I honestly don't know how I would react to that. I'd be gobsmacked. <laughs> that is that to me is. I mean, that is other level because who gives a damn how many errors you have like i like it's like it's it doesn't even matter i mean i guess box was going for the gold glove maybe or something but that's a that's an all-time classic anyway so well how often here's the real question how often how often is it awkward is it is, is this the thing are there awkward situations involving pitchers and era runs attributed runs let in whatever that are is this is this something that happens five times a year 50 times a year like how often does that happen no, it happens a good amount for starters. And I, I, it's, it's pretty common. Like you always like, that's why they always kind of show the shots of like those relievers or the starters aren't sitting in the dugout thinking like, Oh, we're going to lose now. It's just like, that guy's going to give up my runs. Those are my runs. Those are my runs. Like end this inning. Those, those are mine. That's, that's money, please. And then right. so it's never the concern you want it to be. It's the other one, but then yeah, it happens all the time. Right. And so, and also, you know, look again, given ERA is a ridiculous statistic, we all get that, but for relievers, it's an even more ridiculous statistic because there are guys who make all-star teams because they have their relievers who have, you know, 182 ERAs at the break, but then you look and they've allowed like 11 of 17 inherited runners to score. (laughs) So if we did it this way, though, that would be helped. It wouldn't be fixed, but it would be helped. Like you would have a better, you would have a better read on how effective a reliever has been if his ERA reflected how many inherited runners he has allowed to score, because it would just, it would be, a, we're, again, we're not going to stop paying attention to ERA for 25 years. We're, yeah. we're, we're so far from, from that kind of enlightenment. Right? right. So in the meantime, in this transitional period, why, ca- why can't we get, why can't we make it better? Why can't we have this, this small thing we're already slicing and dicing runs. You're already you already carry ERA out to two decimal places, and so it's you're already saying yes. This is a statistic where you're doing math and you're dividing runs by innings and all that sort of stuff. And these guys throw one third of an inning or two thirds of an inning a game. So why not make it better than it currently is? I don't understand your objection to this. No, I look. My objection is was originally was mostly with the math and. Look, if there is a way using uh, win probability added to create some sort of new kind of ERA that people would actually care about. But, you know, the other side of it is that, uh, you know, ERA itself is like everybody knows the formula, right? And nobody likes when people add all sorts of complications to like these basic uh, numbers. Inherited runs, I always wondered why that wasn't a bigger stat. Like, I always wondered why, like, you can find it, but I always wonder, like, why that wasn't, instead of ERA, that wasn't, like, the big stat. Like, when somebody comes into a game, the first thing they tell you is, oh, he's prevented, you know, you know, 18 of 19 inherited runners from scoring or something like that. Uh, so, Brandon, my question to you is, on that line, so is it is it, like, reverse awkward? Or not even awkward. Is it, like, how grateful is the starter to a reliever who does not allow their runs to score. 
It's the same. You just feel like, yeah, good job doing your job. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so not grateful. Really not, not, not grateful. Yeah, way to not screw it up in your nine pitches. <laughs> Go have a drink. So wait, in, in the way that like you always read about, you know, running backs buying their offensive line Rolexes at the end of a year or whatever, when they win the rushing title, is there any situation where starters ever like do something nice for relievers if they, if they come in with the bases loaded, nobody out and get two strikeouts and a pop-up, like, is there any, is there ever a, like, uh, thank you so much. I acknowledge your, that you did your job effectively kind of a deal. Wow. I mean, other than like the in dugout high five and that whole thing, I I've never heard of any sort of gifts <laughs> or like any sort of like extras or maybe it was happening commonplace look, and I never did it and it spoke more than me. I'm not sure. I, I look, and, I, and everybody I, hates you. All the relievers you ever yeah, pitched. It's always you. happened. <laughs> look, I think, I think the bottom line is when we asked the question of Brandon McCarthy, his response was, yeah, great job doing your job. I, I think that. that pretty much tells you exactly how starters feel about it. It's fantastic. Yes, that's, a, that's, a, that's excellent. Um, we don't have that much time because Brandon is eating cereal and Joe has a meeting. And yes, so we've got to go. We've got to move on to our next emergency. So between yeah. emergencies, this mini emergency that we have is we have had a lot of people write in. Uh, Brandon, so what we have done, and I, I don't know if you've ever been involved in one of these uh, these uh, huggy segments, but uh, last week we broke down a few uh, players in baseball and who would be the best hug, who, who would offer the best hug. And basically, I think we were building it um, around, well, who basically we were building it around, I guess, whether Shohei Otani would be a, a good hug, which we both agree he would be an excellent hug because, yeah. because of his joy. Uh, but we asked the question, which we did not answer, which is who is the worst hug in, in baseball? And I believe someone... <laughs> Uh, and I don't know who it is because this is an emergency and I didn't have time to look it up, but I believe someone came up with the correct answer on this. So I want to throw this out to both of you. Is the worst hug in baseball, Brett Gardner? Ooh. No. No. Oh, wait. What? No. Wow. The, the worst hug by far is whoever, it's a, it's a simple math equation. Who is the sweatiest, skinniest person? <laughs> Those are the two things you need to know. That's okay. your worst hug in baseball. Wow. Okay. So who is that? Who is the sweatiest? There's a bunch I of don't like, know. I mean, like, like Dustin May or somebody. <laughs> Dustin, oh. ooh, that's a good. Yeah, because then you're getting hair in your face, too. You're getting a ton of hair. Oh, yeah. that is a good point. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Brett Garner is a bad hug. I'm just going to say it. I think there's all sorts of old Yankee juju i i just think that's a i think brett garner is a bad hug well i, I it, think that's a good call th this might be colored by the fact that the idea of hugging any yankee is so repulsive <laughs> that like and but, he's one well, he's one of the most my first answer yankees. was chapman oh chapman oh, is chapman oh, was my first yeah. because chapman yeah. is is insanely skinny he constantly <laughs> has the sweat going of a guy in the fourth quarter at the free throw line i, I don't know how he gets that sweaty just warming up and throwing his 10 pitches but right. yeah so that's always bad but then i was thinking at least he's very bulky so you're getting like a good hug on those merits but then if there was that sweat with someone Ugh. much skinnier and nobody likes hugging yeah. skinny bony people yeah yeah that's what about, oh, you know well, what that's we, a really good one we had talked about tatis as being a bad hug because he's so wiry yeah like that yeah. was a, but he, he doesn't but there, strike but he me as excessively joy. sweaty he so yeah he, joy though i just yeah see this is what i'm saying about the yankees you're right but even as as the two biggest Yankee haters in in the business, uh, 
you got to say Aaron Judge is a good hug. How? Come on. Yeah, of course. Well, that guy, well, that guy like is being he... hugged by a, by Thor or something. Like <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, like of course. Yeah, you can't deny that. Now wait, what? What about um? What about like Chad Green? He's pretty sweaty Ooh. and he's pretty skinny. Yeah, there's yeah. something there. I mean, wait, we're basically saying now. Given how skinny Brandon is and the fact that he pitched for the Yankees, oh, Brandon basically is a saying Brandon hug. would have been the worst hug. Oh, Brandon's a terrible hug. Also, Brandon, a, and I'm and I'm very sweaty generally like, if I'm <laughs> pitching. So uh, yeah, I I would put myself firmly up there. I don't think anybody wants to hug me. I'm not a good hug. I'm too tall. I'm too bony. Like there's no plus to a hug experience with me. Oh my God, the call was calling coming from inside the building. We found the worst hugger is one of our own podcasters. This is a, this is devastating. This is devastating. This is devastating. All right, we'll we'll, we'll take it on the NBA next time. So we'll we'll do that because Giannis, there's a good hug. All right, oh, definitely. Oh, what a good hug. All right. Uh, too so tall. now too tall. <laughs> Not for oh, you. No, no. First for, of all, great hug. Great hug for me. Everybody else, you're like, <laughs> you're just faces in his hip bone. No, as he's like, as no, he's bending he's, over awkwardly. And now it's no, he's he's coming down to you. He's he's going. He'll come to one knee to give you the hug. Come on, the the the, <laughs> the love of that man. The love. I'm serious. He's he's uh. all right. Final segment. We're gonna get through this. Uh, we have to talk about Cleveland baseball team changing its name. So as as everyone knows, they announced it's been about a year now that the uh, team was going to finally, finally move away from uh, the Indians. This was a couple of years after finally, finally moving away from Chief Wahoo. So it's been a very slow process, but the process is now complete as Cleveland announced today that starting next year, they will be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, there is an actual Cleveland reference here, which is... Uh, that it relates to the statues on top of uh, Cleveland's iconic bridge, uh, the guardians of traffic. And, uh, and so they will be known as the Cleveland guardians. I leave it to you, Michael and Brandon start with you, Mike. What do you think? I think it's great. I'm super into it. I love nicknames that are city specific and not just, you know, the Eagles or the bears or right. whatever. Um, also uh, in this case, obviously what they lost is great. So anything would be good. Like yes. the Cleveland, the Cleveland baseball team would be good compared right. to what they were before. But here's the real thing. Um, so I have a very specific feeling about this in general, which is uh, names and nicknames and titles of things just at, over time, they just they become good because they're just the thing that references the thing that you love. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, we, you go through this when you're titling TV shows all the time where you you stress and you make a million suggestions and you is this better than this? Is this better than this? Ultimately, I always feel like if the show is good, then the people will love the title of the show because it just represents the thing that they yeah. love, which is yeah. the show. Right. So, I mean, if you think about some of the greatest, most iconic titles of all time a lot of the a lot of them are either weird or bad on their own or literally gibberish like glengarry glen ross doesn't mean anything doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything <laughs> and but people love and remember that title because it's a great piece of writing and acting right that they watch and and adore and so all of these people who are reacting negatively whoever's reacting negatively right now and they're there are some people who are, for obvious reasons, reacting negatively. 
it's like over time, it's just going to become the name of the thing you love. It doesn't matter. You can call it whatever you want. Like there's no reason somebody like uh, a, a, a writer who shall remain nameless because he's a moron uh, from the National Review said like, this is the most meaningless name in, in baseball or in sports. And someone immediately responded, there are two teams named after socks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this, and, and it's, you can't say it's less meaningless than those teams right. names. Those team names have just been around for 125 years and 125 years from now that the, the, not even 108 years from now, the guardians will be just as reasonable or as memorable or as commonplace a name as the team's, that are 125 years old and named after socks. So I think it's I think it's cool that it's city specific. We've talked a lot before on this podcast about how there are names that that quite literally are meaningless currently, like the Utah Jazz right. or the Los Angeles Lakers, Lakers yeah. or uh, or any number of other teams that moved and didn't change for a while. It was the it was the uh, New Orleans Hornets, which right. didn't make any make any sense. <laughs> and and but nobody, nobody in the world would say that the Los Angeles Lakers is meaningless or that right. the Utah Jazz is meaningless because they stopped questioning it because it's just the name of the thing that they love. And so this is like we're in the at the moment right now where the gears are grinding against each other and change is happening and old is becoming new. And so there's always going to be people who make a stink about it but i think it's a cool choice those statues rule those giant uh art deco statues yeah. on yeah. the cuyahoga river bridge they're they're great it's city specific i think it's awesome and i think that anyone who's complaining about it yeah uh, and saying that they're never gonna buy any merchandise or whatever i'll you want to bet <laughs> like do you want to <laughs> bet me any of you i'll bet you you do i'll bet you if you're a huge baseball fan and you live in cleveland and you're a fan of that team i'll bet you do actually buy merchandise and watch games still and come back to me in a year and let me know whether you really made a principled <laughs> stand against the team you love because you don't like the nickname it's guardians so, it's so ridiculous it's i mean look i'm first of all i'm lining up for it but secondly you make a great point could you imagine if like boston uh, you know, they, 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 they decide that they're going to change the name and, and they have this big, big meeting and they, you know, they take a year to think about it. And then they announce and they're like, Oh, what are you guys going to name the team? And we're going to name them the red socks. That's yeah. what we're naming. We're naming them after our socks. That's no, we're doing that after our socks. We're like, yes. A, a color of socks that we really don't usually don't wear. wear anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Brandon, where do you stand? I have, an absolute earth shattering take on this one. Uh -oh. um, very, I mean, gear up. This is, I think it's, uh, I think it's fine. I think it's good. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I, no, wait a minute. Are you willing to say that? Are you really willing to just come yeah, out here? Be careful, here? man. Be careful. This is, yeah. you know, you're, this I'm is cancel culture. I'm going full Stephen A. Smith with this one. Oh, it's, no. It's fine. Oh, man. It is fine. I have, I have no problems with it. I don't like not for or against it. I think all of Mike's points Shocking, they're extremely valid. And it's all about just, do you love a thing? You'll love it because, and it'll just continue that way and you'll get used to it. And then it really, we'll all get used to it. And that's it. And by the way, uh, and, and you know, not to, not to amplify your already shocking take, fine is good enough when you're coming up with a new name. I, yeah. I don't, I mean, like, why do, does anybody think there's a name so good that 100% of the people are going to be like, that is awesome. That is, well, that is perfect. To that point, 
I do still wish they had gone back to the Cleveland Spiders. Well, we love the Spiders. Yeah. The Cleveland Spiders with a Y is dope. <laughs> and also the Cleveland Spiders, I believe, are still the team with the worst winning percentage That's right. in Major That's League right. history. Like That's I right. think it was the 1899 team. They what they were like, you know, 12 and 142 oh, yeah. or something oh, yeah. and so it but so that's the reason you don't do it right it's a legacy of failure and misery <laughs> but cleveland spiders of the y is cool and i yeah. do kind of wish they had gone with that but brandon's take is the correct take which is like yeah it's fine it's fine it's gonna <laughs> we're gonna let's all move on i do wonder and, and the final thing i would the, the last thing i would say about this just to make this final point is yeah. uh, is the 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 what is really great about it obviously is the is what they ejected from their history right yeah. that's the that's the really good part of it and in like 1994 the saint john's i won't say what the original name was but it's basically it's worse than what cleveland's name was not maybe not quite as bad as the washington football team's name but it was re, it was really bad yeah and they changed it to the red storm right when is the last time you heard anyone complain about the nickname the st john's red storm nobody, ever no nobody cares. like within a within a month no one even rem- everybody moved on everybody moved on and if you're a st john's basketball fan you still watch their games you go to their <laughs> games you buy the sweatshirt whatever like these things don't linger they just don't and so anyone who's raising a stink right now is just lying and telling on themselves. Well, they're probably lying to themselves, honestly. I mean, look, I think part of the reason they did go with Guardians, I suspect, is the D-I-A-N-S at the end. I, I suspect, sure. you know, that that's part of it. They just wanted to, oh, this is not quite that different from the, from the original name or whatever. But the one that always strikes me is, and, and it's amazing to me that I'll talk to people because it's happened now long ago enough that a lot of people like, no, that that's not true. Uh but of course, we are all old enough to know that the Washington Wizards used to be called the Washington Bullets. That was their right. name. And it was their name for years. And they had like really great teams with the, like, that was the Wes Unseld and, and that team, you know, won a title and, and they changed it. And I'm sure there were a bunch of people that are like, oh, we're so sensitive. Bullets, what's wrong with bullets? You know, I mean, and, and, who cares? Nobody even remembers what their old name used to be. Weren't Nobody they, and cares. weren't they the weren't they the Baltimore Bullets? They were the Baltimore Bullets Before first, then? and then the Washington Bullets. Right. That's right. That, and yeah. the ball, and, and weren't they might have been both? Weren't they the Baltimore Washington Bullets at one point? I think they were. That sounds like right. Splitting cities, maybe. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Brandon, in your career, did you ever play for a team and think about what a better nickname for that team would be? <laughs> No, I always I remember thinking Dodgers was silly, but I remember thinking that was as a kid. Yeah. So I've, so I've, but I no, I don't think so. And I like playing for the White Sox. Is like this is this is silly, but <laughs> like that's that's it. But then you again, you knew it had been there for a hundred years, and it was like okay, that's yep. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I I do think there is like that idea of like how hard it is for our brains to accept change in any. Right. Like if anybody's ever moved something to a different drawer in your house and you're like, that's not, we're not going to put things there now. I can't deal with this. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that. And my first reaction this morning, waking up and I read it and like, Oh my God, I got to call it a whole new thing now. And then <laughs> one minute later, I was like, Oh, that's fine. That's the guardian. Like just this instant reaction of like, no, I won't do anything different than I did it yesterday. 
<laughs> and then you get completely used to it. That's the other funny thing about these things. Okay, so I realize, and look, I grew up a Cleveland fan, so I know. You're connected to the name because it's the only thing you knew. You you, you draw uh, a personal, uh, you know, a connection to the team as the Indians. I get it. I, believe me, I get it. I understand entirely. That said, even the most passionate of Cleveland Indians fans, even the crazy people who are like, I'm never watching this team again. They couldn't have possibly thought Indians was a good name. Like no, they, they might've thought like, just Oh, the hey. one that was always there. Right. Yeah. It was always there. No, yeah. nobody should be offended by it. They might've, they can argue that till they're blue in the face, but nobody thought like, Oh, you know what? If, if this was an expansion team, we should call them the Indians. Like nobody would have ever said that or suggested right. it or thought it. So that that's another part of these things that's so ridiculous. And Brandon brings up a great point, by the way. One, you and I often talk about the Lakers and, and the Jazz and how stupid that is. The Dodgers is, it was meaningless when they pulled it you know, at the end of when it was in Brooklyn. Because I mean, no, it, really, it wasn't meaningless. It was cool. In Brooklyn, no, no. it was cool. It but was at the, the end, it was people were trolley Dodgers. Yeah, but people were not dodging trolleys at the end in 1958 when they left uh, when they left Brooklyn, I mean, the cars had already come in. I mean, it was it was already passe when they left and they took it to L.A. where they've never seen a trolley. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, we're just totally keeping this Dodgers name. Yeah, and look, I think it's great. I don't think they should ever change it because I think it's cool. It's not offensive. It's there's absolutely no reason to ever change it. I think it's awesome. But it's it, I mean, anybody that would say that Guardians is the most pointless name in, in baseball, it's not even in the top third. I mean, no, it's, like, it's not. It's, it's not in the top. Top, top two thirds. Let me ask one more related question to Brandon because I do wonder about this. I think I know the answer. So the uh, the Red Sox drafted uh, Marcelo Mayer, who's a shortstop from out here from in California. He was the consensus number one overall pick, and the Red Sox got him at four. And it's very exciting for me personally. It is. But you. Marcelo Mayer grew up a Yankee fan, and Ugh. so when in his in his uh, uh, press conference, he was like. I used to be a Yankee fan, but now I'm the biggest Red Sox fan in the world, right? That was what he said. Great. There's still some irrational part of me that's like concerned that he's a sleeper agent <laughs> and he's going to infiltrate the team and sabotage the team uh, so the Yankees can win the division. Sure. But but in general, when you are playing, you most kids, I would imagine, and in fact, I would say 99.9% of them have a favorite team growing up. And sometimes if you're Derek Jeter and the world just constantly magically lines up to help you and aid you and abet you in your criminal activities, you end up getting drafted <laughs> by the team that you actually loved. But most people don't, obviously. Like, is there any, are there, did you have teammates at any point in your life who were like, man, I really hate playing for this team because I grew up a fan of our arch rivals? No. At least Never not happens. that I, no. Um, boy, if I, no, not really, no. I mean, like that goes out the door. Like I, I, I mean, I grew up a, I was a diehard White Sox fan when I was a kid. Like that's all, and so that's drafted by them, played for them, and then within like two years, it just kind of. I, I guess that would have probably lingered if I had been like, you stay there for your career, everything goes well, and like you're synonymous, you're just in lockstep with that org, like then that stays. But otherwise, it all just kind of goes out quickly. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, it's it's just like I'm a fan of hot dogs until you go work at a place that makes hot dogs, and you're like, well, I don't like them as much anymore. <laughs> So, like, if you're Dwayne Wade and you're synonymous with the Heat and you go play for the Bulls, there might be some lingering thing in your brain that's yeah. like, man, I miss Miami, I miss Pat Riley, whatever. But generally speaking, like, any any concept of allegiance or fandom or anything like that, 
just disappears when you're playing. You you grew up a, a, a Padres fan. You play for the Brewers, and it's like, who cares? I th- That's what I think, yeah. I mean, there might be some, but you don't see, like, think about how many – it's weird because you see it more in soccer, which I'll follow. Like, you see, like, people keeping with their, like, boyhood clubs, and they're still, yeah. like, passionate supporters. Of all the, like, ex-baseball players you follow – like there's very few that are like die hard about a team in any capacity other than they work for them or they were a superstar when they were with them. And so like, like Pedro or someone where they're like, they're synonymous with this team name, but it's not like their boyhood club where it's like, I'm just passionate and nuts. So I'm going to go to their world series. I'm gonna, like, you just don't see any of that. I don't. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's I, gotta be part of the, also in soccer, obviously you sign quote unquote sign with a, team sometimes when you're like six right like six, Beckham, yeah, yeah. Beckham, Beckham played for the man <laughs> and you youth team or whatever when he was like seven years old so you you are literally like that becomes the team that you care right. about because they drafted you and there's obviously no equivalent in American sports yeah I yeah. you know I remember uh doing an event with uh, Derek Jeter uh a couple of years ago and it was the day after um the, the, it wasn't a great year for the Yankees, but but they had played it literally the night before somebody hit a grand slam in the ninth inning to win. I can't remember what they had the game, but I, I know that some Yankee had hit a grand slam in the ninth inning to win. And uh, the next day I was doing this event with Jeter and we were just sitting there, uh, you know, talking and, and again, not trying to in any way insult Derek Jeter, but uh, he's not the best guy to talk to. Uh, I mean, it's just not, I mean, he's, not he's certainly, the most interesting guy. He's just not the, and he's not the most interested in you. I mean, he's just basically like kind of, you know, looking at his phone and whatever. And, and so we were talking and, and I said, Oh man, what about that game last night? And he goes, what game? And I said, you know, the Yankees winning on the grand slam. He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't know that. So he like fraud. did not care. Did fraud. not care. <laughs> I've always said it. That guy's a fraud. <laughs> All right. We got to go. But before we go, there is one last emergency we have to discuss. And this is all you, Mike. How good did that Yankees game feel last night? Oh, it's the best. <laughs> oh it's, God. It was so great. This is Thursday night. The New York Yankees up three to one in the ninth inning against Mike's Boston Red Sox. Give up two runs to tie the game, score a run in the top of the tenth, and then lose the game in the bottom of the tenth on four count them four wild pitches. How good you know, was it? You know what's great about that is Brooks Krisky, who is the reliever, and I and I honestly like I kind of feel bad for the guy. He had I a little too. bit of a it wasn't quite Rick and Keel or something, but he just he couldn't control the splitter. He threw. He threw three splitter wild pitches and one <laughs> sailed sail the fastball. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what was so great about it to me is that he started the inning. So all of those runs were charged to him. And there was no starting pitcher right. who, who gave up one base runner and then allowed Brooks Krisky's four wild pitches <laughs> to end up having the run attributed to his ERA. Yeah. And so you really get a clean and perfect idea yeah, of exactly what really happened good. in the game. And that's what gives me so much comfort and solace today. It is, it's not about the Red Sox winning the game. It's not about humiliating the Yankees. <laughs> to me, it's about the correct attribution of a statistical. Uh, but a statistical as you well event. know, as you well know, I, I realize and I appreciated that lovely soliloquy to, to your idea. However, he did inherit a runner because it was the 10th inning. So he had the zombie runner at second base. Yeah. But those, that, that those runs are unearned as I learned recently. Cause I complained on Twitter <laughs> about that, uh, how ridiculous it was that a reliever would get charged with an earned run and that a million trillion people <laughs> 
within 30 seconds told me the runs were unearned. And I decided to just be, go straight Fox News about it and dug in my heels and claimed that it doesn't matter. I was right. You were right. And by the way, don't back off of that. You definitely were. Right. I love yeah, that I'm... you thought you were the first to have that thought and not every single relief pitcher <laughs> ever who spoke up in a union meeting or something like, I have a question. But wait, just to wrap this up, just to wrap this up, it's a perfect way to end this debate because when Major League Baseball made this change, they put a runner on second. Then they said, you know what? This isn't fair purely to the reliever because it, because allowing this to be an earned run wouldn't accurately represent what had happened. And so they decided essentially to do the best they could, which was make it an unearned run. But the acknowledgement that the situation didn't accurately reflect what had happened if that run scored, meaning no. that, the, that they wouldn't have that that reliever would be charged with a full run is essentially is a cousin of what we're talking about, which is if it's, you're a starter and you let a guy on first and then a reliever <laughs> lets him come around to score, that that whole run shouldn't be attributed to the starter. They at least are acknowledging that no. the situation isn't perfect to just say like that's an earned run. No, no, unfortunately, no. It's a distant cousin because what they're acknowledging is relievers should not be charged for any amount of runs for people they did not let on base. That is exactly what the rule is. But stated. they're also not saying that they sh <laughs> that they should that that they shouldn't be because it's like the run still counts and yeah. it, and all they're saying is that that sometimes the situation under which pitchers are pitching and in a run <laughs> scores don't it's not. I think you were doing Easily better before. Honestly, I think I think this was the wrong turn for you to take. This is I think I'm this... just saying that they acknowledge that there isn't that it's not binary. That yeah, you can't they did just say like, that. you know, oh god. All right, I'll this, give it to you. This is the it's this fight isn't getting resolved in time. <laughs> this is going to go on for another ten years. We're going to be we're going to be just old men still screaming at each other about this. This is wonderful. It's, Brandon, well, it's important. It's very important. It is. Brandon, thank you so much for being us with us for this emergency podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad we got nothing accomplished. We got That's nothing right. accomplished. Well, no, we did. I, I think I think we did get something accomplished. It's just nothing. Take it we back. Wanted. We convinced Joe. Actually, we, we you won. Did. I, I think kinda, we kind of did. We kind of did. We, we I think did. we convinced him that there is some system that would be better than the current system. Yeah. No, really you kind of did. Saying. You kind of did. All right, Mike. As always, thank you. Thanks for having me.